Bob Sterling. You're listening to The Zero Hour. Rest your eyes. Exercise your imagination. Today, Glenn Hall Taylor's eerie drama of mummies and revenge. Murder is a work of art. Starring Bob Crane. In the Mutual Broadcasting System presentation of... The Zero Hour. Brought to you by the Ford Motor Company and Lazy Boy Recliners. This is the Zero Hour on Mutual Radio. This is Hugh Downs with another car buyer's report from Ford. Car size and fuel economy are important considerations today, but so is the total cost of ownership, which involves purchase price, trade-in value, and operating economy. And Ford feels that if you compare mid-size cars, you will choose Ford Torino. Take operating economy. Torino offers gas-saving steel-belted radial ply tires standard, runs on regular gas, and has a 26.5-gallon fuel tank that's 20% more capacity than its leading sales competitor. And to compare some scheduled maintenance costs, you'll find that in the course of 50,000 miles, compared to its closest sales competitor, Torino's chassis is scheduled to be lubricated only once to their eight times. Spark plugs are scheduled to be replaced only half as often. Everyone says compare. Ford says compare not only the cars, but the total cost of owning a car. The closer you look, the better we look. It is night. The city sleeps. In the darkened Civic Art Museum, the cardinals, warriors, princes, and madonnas of Rembrandt, Van Dyck, Vermeer, and Picasso peer down from the walls in the dim light, while Remington's cast-in-bronze Indians ride in the shadows, and aged watchmen's footsteps echo through the main corridor. Arriving at the end of the long marble hall, he pauses, preparatory to retracing his steps, when suddenly, as he looks idly about... What's the matter, young lady? In there. In that room. What is it? What's in there? A mummy. Naturally. That's the Egyptian room. But but, but this mummy, at least a figure wrapped in cloth, it came walking toward me. Oh, I'm afraid you're imagining things. Come on, let's take a look. Oh, no. Oh, no, you mustn't. It might be a ghost. Come along, young lady. I'll show you there are no ghosts in this museum. Come on, come on. Well, all right, but... How did you get in here at this hour of the night? I was doing some research work. I must have fallen asleep. Nobody came into the room to warn you we were closing? No. When I awakened, it was dark. I gathered up my papers and things and started to leave when I saw that figure. Is this your room here? Yes. 
Oh, but please be careful. Why? Mummies are very friendly as far as I'm concerned. Never give me any trouble. <laughs> yeah, here, I'll flip the wall switch. Now, you just stay there if you're scared. Do you see anything? No ghosts in here, young lady. But there's a dead man on the floor. Oh, dear young lady, now don't faint on me. So I fetched her a glass of water, and as soon as she seemed to have herself under control, I called the police. Glad you did. I'm Inspector Ostro. This is my partner, Detective Wendover. Uh, my name's Abington. How do you do, sir? And the body's right in there, gentlemen. Thanks. Uh, you'll be around when we need you. Oh, so well. What's it look like to you, Ted? Judging by the blood in his shirt, the wounds in his back. Yeah, maybe I pull his shirt up. Yeah, there. Sure doesn't look like a bullet wound. A knife, maybe. Yeah, let's turn him over. You need any help? No, no, no. Get the shirt open in front. Whatever it was, it went right clean through him. Yeah, looks like it, Barney. Hey, Ted, there's a wallet sticking out of his inside coat pocket. Hand it to me, will you? I'll take a gander in it while you're looking him over. Sure. Here. Thanks. What do you suppose the weapon was? I don't know. The hole looks too small for a sword or a spear. You know something? His face looks familiar. Yeah, kind of vaguely. Hey, Ted, here's some things. Is it? The Guild membership cards, Actors' Equity, American Federation of Television and Radio Artists, Screen Actors' Guild. Hey, his name's Bruno Kern, sure. That's why he looked familiar. He stars in those horror movies that are so popular nowadays. Yeah, you never know whether he's going to play a guy with two heads or a robot in a spaceship. Call the watchman, will you, Barney? Abington, I think his name is. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Uh, Mr. Abington? Will you come here a moment, please? Yeah, right away, sir. Well, well, what can I do for you? No word about the coroner yet? No, sir. By the way, there are several newspapermen outside. They didn't lose any time. Well, they didn't come because of the murder. They claimed that about 8.30, they were tipped off that a girl was locked in here and that she said she'd seen a ghost. Now, that'd be the girl waiting in the curator's office. 8.30, hmm. That's before the body was found. That's right. We'd better have a talk with that girl right now. Uh, show us to the curator's office, will you please, Mr. Abington? Oh, glad to just, just follow me. My name is, is Grace. Grace Phillips. Phillips is spelled with two L's. Yes, ma'am. How about your address, please? Oh, it, it's 207 Christopher Street. As I understand that you were locked in the museum after hours. You fell asleep and... You oh, woke no. Up. Isn't that what you told the watchman? Yes, but it wasn't the truth. Why did I ever let myself get tangled up in this thing? Now might be a good time to tell the truth, Miss Phillips. Yes, of course. I, well, I was hired to come here tonight. Hired? I'm an actress. I was paid $150 to come here. What for? I don't know exactly. My agent called me, asked me if I'd like to work tonight, and I said yes, and he sent me to a man named Freeland who works for a motion picture company. What's the name of the company, ma'am? Avon Jewel. Freeland hired you to come here? Yes. I was told to report to the basement entrance of the museum at 8 o'clock and to ring the knife bell. A man met me. I, I don't know his name. I've never seen him before. And he brought me to the Egyptian section. 
Then what? He told me to wait until I heard the watchman approach. He said he was due at nine. Then as soon as the watchman showed up, I was to scream, which I did. Yeah, so the watchman said. Then I was to run to him and say that I'd just seen a mummy walking toward me. Which you also did. Yes. Did you know there was a dead man in that Egyptian room? Oh, I didn't even go into that room. I'd been waiting in the corridor as the man told me to. That man? What happened to him? I don't know. He left me standing there. I just thought of something, Ted. Hmm? It seems to me I remember that Bruno Carnes also worked for Avon Jewel Studios. Avon Jewel made a whole series of horror pictures with Bruno Carnes. But what's he got to do with this? That's his body in the Egyptian room. Oh, no. Oh, that poor guy. He was so nice to me once when I did a bit part in one of his pictures. For a big star, he wasn't the least bit stuck up. Everybody liked him. Well, at least one person didn't. Barney, with Bruno Carnes and Freeland tied in with the same studio, plus the story this young lady has told us, this just might be some sort of a publicity stunt that backfired. Could be. Barney, get on the horn. Call Homicide. Okay. Tell them to pick up Freeland and get him in here as fast as they can. Hi, this is Jim Backus with a special announcement about an exciting Lazy Boy chair sale taking place at your Lazy Boy dealers now. Lazy Boy reclining chairs of your choice are available at unheard of savings for a limited time only. Treat yourself and your family to a lifetime of comfort and beauty. Once you do, you'll wonder how you ever relax without one. Get America's comfort favorite, a Lazy Boy chair now. See your Lazy Boy dealer today. <laughs> Run in there. He'll be glad to see you. Yes, he will. Listen to a tough summer wash. The machine's loaded with sweat socks, beach towels. These things aren't just dirty. They smell. If you want to make sure it comes out clean and fresh, pour Lysol brand disinfectant in your washing machine. Lysol cuts way down on germs, eliminates odors. Especially important if you wash in cold water. Lysol, the brown bottle in the red and yellow box. The fast, easy, effective way to cut down on germs. Make your whole wash smell fresh and clean every time you wash. You're 17. 18. You've graduated from high school. You want to make something of yourself. But you don't have that something to make it with, like money for four years of college. What do you do? Well, you don't need four years of college to get a good job. Today, there's a crying need for technicians in exciting fields like oceanography, electronic data processing, health service, environmental control, forestry, and many others. Technicians earn twice the salary of the average high school graduate. Some even make more than four-year college graduates. All you need is a year or two of technical training. To learn how you can become a technician, send for our free booklet. It's called 25 Technical Careers. Write Careers, Washington, D.C., 20202. If you can't afford four years of college, write Careers, Washington, D.C., 20202. And make something of yourself. The police just arrived with Mr. Freeland. I brought him in. Oh, thanks, Mr. Remington. Come on in, Mr. Freeland. I'm Detective Wendover. This is Inspector Ostro. Miss Phillips, I believe you know. Yes. Uh, look, what is this all about? On the way over, the officer in the squad car told me Carnes had been murdered, but I don't know anything about it. We thought you might be able to help us. Well, I don't know. I, I... Is this the man who hired you, Miss Phillips? Yes. 
Now, was it for a publicity stunt, Mr. Freeland? Yes, Bruno Carnes had just finished making a picture called The Mummy Murders. It opens here in town tomorrow. My story was going to be that she gets locked in, and by a strange coincidence, Bruno Carnes gets locked in, too. She meets him, he wants her for a part in his next picture, and instead of being an item in a movie column, it gets a front-page spread. I didn't know, Inspector. That's right. I thought it would play better if she didn't, though. I had to tell Carnes, of course. Did you meet her here tonight? No, I had to cover a sneak preview. My assistant met her. Was he a tall, red-headed man? Yes. Can you prove that you were at that preview? Yes, Sherlock, I can. Where's your assistant now? I don't know. He might still be in the basement. Miss Phillips, you say you didn't see Mr. Carnes? No, never. Do you know how to get to this basement, Mr. Freeland? Yes, I got the business manager of the museum to show me around after I got his permission to stage this stunt. Would you mind showing me around down there? Not at all. Good. Barney, stay here with Miss Phillips. I'm going to check out the basement. Freeland, you scared me bursting in like that. What's the matter? Did he come back here? Who? The inspector. No, what happened? I lost him down in the basement. It's dark down there. It was right after he found my assistant's hat and he saw the blood on the floor. Blood? Well, there were blood stains just inside the basement door. The inspector said there were marks that looked like a body had been dragged along the floor. He was following the marks. I, I had my back to him and I heard him call out. What do you mean, call out? I, like he was calling for help. You dope. Why didn't you say so right away? Come on, take me down there. Sure is dark down here. Wait a second, let me turn on my flashlight. You see anything? Just an empty room. Ted? Ted? How about this corridor here? That's worth a try. Maybe he found his way out of this maze of rooms. Yeah, maybe. But what about that call for help? Maybe he was just calling out to locate me. Maybe. Oh, oh, what's that on the floor at the end of the corridor? Throw the light down there. Looks like a body. Come on. It is a body. Oh, no. It's Ted. I'm still trying to reconstruct what happened to you. Well, I was following those marks along the floor in the basement because I was positive someone had dragged a body along there. I followed them to the end of the corridor, and sure enough, the body was there. A tall, red-headed guy. My assistant. Was he dead? I'm fairly certain he was. I thought so when I bent over to examine him, but before I could be positive, I got it on the back of the head. Who is it? Edmington, the watchman. Come on in. The doctor you phoned for is down at the main entrance. I don't think I'll need him, but you'd better tell the doctor to stick around, Abington. Even if I don't need him, Mr. Freeland's assistant may when we find him. I think he's still alive. Okay, sir. Now, what was that about Freeland's assistant being alive? I thought you said earlier that you were pretty sure he was dead. Hey, you did, Ted. Now, what about the remark you made to Abington just now? Well, when I was trailing the dragged body, the marks indicated that whoever was dragging it had stopped and gone into a room on the left-hand side of the corridor. After I'd recovered from that wallop on the head and you fellows came back upstairs here, I returned and checked that room. You find anything? It turned out to be Abington's living quarters. In snooping around, I found an old scrapbook. Seems the old boy was a prominent actor in his youth. In fact, he'd worked with Bruno Karn's father, also a well-known actor. Yes, incidentally, you may not know it, but the museum has quite a theatrical collection. Karn's father contributed a lot of its artifacts, his personal belongings. I know. And I noticed, too, that the Karn's items, costumes, wigs, manuscripts, so forth, had on more than one occasion been vandalized. That's right. The newspapers made quite a thing of it at the time. Uh Uh-huh. Which didn't hurt the box office of the younger Carnes films, right? Well, if you're hinting that anything like that would be deliberate on the I part wasn't of like that... implying anything like that, Freeland. 
What I thought was more interesting was the fact that Abington seemed so preoccupied with news items devoted to the vandalizing of the Carnes artifacts. What are you getting at? That remark you made to Abington about Mr. Freeland's assistant being alive. It was bait, wasn't it? Bait? Bait. The watchman is tied into this in some way. You suspect him of the murder of Bruno Carnes and Freeland's assistant? I might, if I knew he had a motive. So, let's see if we can find one. Are you sure you want to take a sloppy joe for lunch, Bobby? Yes, Mom. No, Bobby. Not unless you take a soap and water to go to. Soap and water? In my lunch pail? It'll ruin everything. When you want soap and water to go, you want wash and dry. They refresh while you scrub, get you clean like soap and water, and they don't fall apart like napkins can. You mean wash and dry can do anything soap and water can do? That's right. Let me see you blow bubbles with it. Wash and dry. Soap and water to go. This is Jim Backus with news about the most comfortable experience of a lifetime. A lazy boy reclining chair. It's ideal for apartments, living rooms, dens, family rooms. Lazy Boy is as beautiful as it is comfortable. Available in any style you can imagine and in hundreds of decorator fabrics and vinyls. Make your favorite room a haven of gracious living. See your Lazy Boy dealer today. <laughs> Hurry up. He's waiting. <laughs> Run down there. <laughs> Go. Oh, oh. Yes, indeed. All right, today we're going to make you this Okay, keep your head back, Deidre. Don't you try to be the good uh, Deidre. You pin them. This with girls clubs can make a difference. This is Carol Burnett asking you to help your local girls club or write to Girls Clubs of America, Box 35, Grand Central Station, New York 10017 to help get one started. You can make a difference. You want to be a physical education? You know what you have to do? Good luck. All that science, all that forgetting. Don't get me down. No chance of the watchman being down here in the basement already, is there? No, Freeland will keep him occupied for a few minutes asking more questions about what happened tonight. You said you found the body at the end of the corridor where we found you. Yeah. Obviously, whoever it was dragged it away after he slugged me. Aim your flashlight over there, will you? Yeah. Let's see where that leads. Hey, this is a real labyrinth down here with all these storerooms and cubicles. Hey, here's a room we didn't see before. Feel for a light switch. Yeah, here's one. Nothing. Wait. What? Look where I got the flashlight beam. The drag marks lead to that door over there. Yeah, I see them. Let's take a look. Boy, that's a bright light. It certainly is illuminating. Hey, look over there. Hey, the red-headed guy. I wonder if he's... Oh, he's a goner, Ted. I thought so. Okay, leave him just as he is. Anything behind that big crate over there? No, nothing. Okay, let's duck behind it. If whoever wants to be sure Freeland's assistant is dead comes in to check, his back will be toward us as he faces the corpse. I'll give the cue. You step out that side, flip on the light. I'll step from behind the box on the other side, and we'll have him covered. Okay. 
I'll close the door. You get behind the crate and I'll switch off the light and join you. Hope we don't have to wait too long. This place stinks of mothballs. We've been down here quite a while now. If the guy is coming, it should be pretty soon. Give me that rapier, Abington, and stand still. Wouldn't have done you any good to stab him anyway. He's already dead. You trapped me. Seems to me you're somewhat rapier-happy, Mr. Abington. That long, slender steel blade went all the way through Bruno Carnes, and it seemed to work very efficiently on your latest victim. Why the rapier, Mr. Abington? Why? You ask why the rapier? Do you know what Bruno Carnes' father did to me? He ended my career on the stage when I was only a young man. All right, calm down, Mr. Abington. How was that? We were on the stage fencing when he deliberately lunged at me with a rapier. He wounded me so badly I was bedridden for years. But it must have been an accident. Accident? Ah, he was green with envy. But why Mr. Freeland's assistant? Because he saw me trying to dispose of the rapier in the basement. I killed Bruno Carnes because he was the son of the man I hated. He who dies by the sword shall perish by the sword. Or maybe by the gas chamber. Barney? Yeah. I hope you noticed. Mr. Abington has definitely established a motive. Look, you don't have to sell me on them. I know all about them. You know everything about these Ford pickups I'm selling? Sure. I know about Ford's twin I-beam front suspension. Uh-huh. I know you get front disc brakes, standard. But do you know we give you a choice of an economical six or a one of three B8? Sure. You know about Ford's all-new Super Cab? The only two-door pickup with the extra room for a full back seat? Super Cab? Ford Super Cab pickup. It seats a family of six in sedan-like comfort. I didn't know that. Or did you know that Super Cab's optional full-width rear seat folds flat to make a load floor? Yeah? Or that you can get optional-facing jump seats that fold out of the way? Or with no rear seats at all, you get a full 44 cubic feet of extra storage space? I didn't know that either. That's it. Ford's new Super Cab. Like all Ford pickups, it works like a truck, rides like a car. That I knew. Ford's new Super Cab. It's news even to people who thought they knew all about Ford pickups. See it now at your local Ford dealer. I'm Rod Sterling. Close your eyes, exercise your imagination, and join us again on our next presentation of The Zero Hour. Murder is a work of art was adapted for radio by Glenn Hall Taylor. Bob Crane was heard as Ted Ostro. Featured in the cast were Julie Bennett, Marvin Miller, Herb Ellis, and Mike Rod. Zero Hour, created by J.M. Colas, directed by Don Hills, is produced in Hollywood for the Mutual Broadcasting System by Radio Productions Incorporated. Music is composed and conducted by Stanley D. Hoffman, Rochelle Sherman Associate Producer. This has been a presentation of the Mutual Broadcasting System.